Welcome to the Wildcat Country post-game stream presented by Backcourt Marketing. Eric Cohen, Shane Dale, and we are very pleased to be joined by former special teams captain of the Wildcats, Barrett Baker, who's also a captain in the Tucson Fire Department. So very, very cool to have him on our post-game stream. Unfortunately, though, guys, uh, you know, we expected this game to be close. And well, some of us did. And uh, we expected this to potentially be an Arizona win. And right now we're starting in the fourth quarter when it's 34 nothing Colorado and there's four minutes left and things could not have gone worse offensively. So, Barrett, I ask you, give me something positive that you saw from today's game, because I'm having a hard time. Uh, Jalen John. OK, I think Jalen John, at, at this point, you look uh, go back last year, productive against Washington. Uh, and then as a true freshman, really never saw the field again uh, against NAU this year, came in physical, powerful between the tackles, uh, you know, was very, very productive. And Coach Fish talked about the fact that he had earned more reps at that point in time. Uh, when he came in the game today in the second quarter uh, and they, they stopped trying to run wide against Colorado, which was literally just a disaster. Uh, he was a huge difference maker in that game in the second quarter. Uh, second and one at one point, he breaks a, a huge first down run. We get called for holding, puts us behind the chains. We end up punting. The next possession, he comes back. He breaks off the 30-yarder. I thought that I, I was surprised it didn't get reviewed, but that takes us to the first and goal. And I tried to be positive, but that was a disastrous four play calls to me. Uh, the quarterback sneak is fine. Do it three more times. Mm -hmm. uh, don't go into the shotgun and hand it off to your running back five yards deep. That play series to me was on, it was almost a microcosm of, of how bad this game went. You score there, you're up seven to six and the game is different, but you just, it, the, I don't know what we did on those four play calls and it never, you know, if you don't score, it's easy to question it, but you got a 230 pound quarterback and a 220 pound running back, run it forward. So that part was frustrating, but I thought Jalen John, uh, just to tack onto that again, then we don't see him in the third quarter. He was MIA. Why? Well, he's Put getting carries now. He's getting carries now, and and they're they're moving the ball. Not that it really matters. Okay. It's thirty-four nothing. Um, Shane, I, I think the uh, the ultimate question is here. The quarterback situation is worse than even uh, it's unimaginable. You know, Gunnar yeah. Cruz was dreadful, and Will Plummer has been pretty much equally as dreadful. Um, I mean, whatever happens on this last drive doesn't really count. Uh, because it, it doesn't matter. At, at this point, Jedfish has to look at other options outside the position. That that has to be Jamari Joyner. I, I mean, it, at this point, if Jedfish doesn't, he's putting his own, uh, you know, job security in long-term in question, right, at some point? Uh, well, let me back up to, to what Barrett said about uh, the play calling at uh, first and goal. I absolutely agree. You know, and they did that on first down. They got a foot. Get two more feet, two more plays. You're in. I think keep it simple, you know, and and that's one of the things I, I've defended Jed Fish on. I think is you know keep the game plan simple because I you know I, we've told been told he's this offensive mastermind. You know we've had former quarterback Wilton Spade come on and tell us that, and, and I'm sure he's a good play caller. But when you don't have the personnel, you don't have the personnel, and I think he recognizes that. With that said, I don't know why you don't keep it simple in that situation. You have a six five quarterback on a cruise like like Barrett said, just sneak it. Sneak it again, sneak it again, or at least run your fullback. Don't go in the shotgun for goodness sake. I, I don't, I don't get that. I know hindsight's 2020, 20, but you know, he got unnecessarily complicated there. As far as the quarterback situation, you know, we talked about on, um, on, on our, our last podcast, you know, Jamari Joyner, I know you want him right away, Eric, you wanted him, I think this weekend. I did. Uh, 
And while I, I said and still think that you should probably need a little more time to get up to speed if that's the plan, uh, maybe that maybe the time is now. Maybe the time is next week. Maybe we go into a simplified game plan where it's the Wildcat, maybe a few throws here and there. I don't I, – I hate to say it, but re- legitimately, I don't know how it could get worse. I, I don't know if, if he could be worse than, than Gunnar Cruz or, or Will Plummer, who I really didn't want to see take another snap in an Arizona uniform again. Sure, he's a nice guy. Didn't want to see it. Well, yeah, and, and now he's looking at, you know, who knows if Cruz got hurt uh, on the interception uh, pick six that he threw in the third quarter. If he hurt his thumb. Barrett, as a, as a proud player alumnus, um, you're watching this, and you have to just, at, at, you know, I know you and a lot of the former players, and Shane and I bought into the Jed Fish hype in the offseason. But at this point, through half the season, this has been beyond an utter disaster. At what point do you and the former players start, you know, getting a little uh, upset, let's just say? I think that I've still seen enough with the effort against BYU, with the effort against Oregon and the effort against UCLA, that if we have the right guy behind center, I I actually think that we're a a, a really decent uh, or or close to average team. Uh, I, I think that... You know, defensively, uh, the the difference in the in this squad compared to the last seven years of disgusting mm-hmm. defensive football that we've yep. seen. Uh, you know, we had a couple breakdowns today on defense. That's one thing that Coach Brown has got to uh, continue to to clean up with the players is the the explosive plays. That's just a killer. Uh, but they almost have to play perfect at this point, and that's not yep. fair to them. So I would hope internally that the team doesn't start splintering between offense and defense. But I, I really do. I think between it's it's easy to be optimistic and say we're one position away, and I think that when when I look back and even with the five interceptions, the offense moved the ball against Oregon. We physically won that matchup. We were right in the game last week uh, against Oregon, or excuse excuse me, against UCLA. So I think that there is still enough hope that you can keep going. Uh, I hope that the recruits that are currently committed. Uh, continue to to see that, listen, you come here and you want to be that four-star kid or that three-star kid that makes a difference, you're going to have an opportunity here. Yep. Because when you look at the talent on our squad, uh, it's still not that impressive compared to other Pac-12 schools. I don't know if we have a player on the team that is going to be an all-Pac-12 player besides potentially Stanley Berryhill. And and that says a lot about our, our overall talent that – you know, Vince Lombardi could probably be on the sidelines. I'm not sure how much of a difference it's going to make at this point. Yeah. But all right. So so let me ask you this, Barrett. Um, if, if Rich Rodriguez was coaching the same amount of talent, how many wins does Arizona have at this point? Yeah, that's a tough one. I, I, I think that he would have I think the running game and being resilient in that running game would have probably squeaked out potentially one or two at this point. I don't think we lose to NAU, obviously. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then you're just you're right there in three of those other games. But I, I don't think that we're getting out coached, believe it or not. I, I like today that the, the goal line series pro- was probably the most bothersome thing that I've seen for me personally. I don't think we're getting out coached. I thought today he did a great job of, of adapting the offense from the first quarter to the second quarter and using Markoff and, and uh, Jalen John and saying, we're going to, we're going to come at you instead of trying to be a little too cute here. So I, it's just a matter of you got to get a guy that instead of throwing the ball, you know, on the ground or behind a receiver or when uh, in that was it the second quarter, I think Joyner's five yards behind everybody and, and Gunner just throws it 10 yards. I, it's a touchdown. If you put that one on the yep. money, it's a touchdown. Yep. You can't leave those plays on the field. So we're one position. The offensive line needs to continue to get recruited. 
but the truth of the matter to me is that we're one one guy away and I'll give credit to Rich Rod. It didn't matter if it was Matt Scott or BJ Danker or Anu Solomon or Brandon Dawkins or Tate. He did get the most out of it. These guys, and I don't mean that to be personal, they are not at that level and they no. are not playing at anywhere near a Pac-12 Division One winning level. Arizona going for it on fourth down in the end zone. Incomplete. Final score, 34 nothing. Colorado, instead of kicking a field goal, which, you know, I'll give uh... – I'll give Jed credit. He's Whatever. trying to, you know, not not kind of take an easy way out there. And um, he went for it and didn't score. And that's that. So um, uh, 34 nothing final. And Shane, I, I'm just I, – my level of disgust is off the chart. You, you know, I here's one thought that just came to mind. I, I think Jed Fish and Don Brown and Brennan Karen, a lot of these guys, are not used to coaching bad football players. They're used to having good personnel. They're used to being able to throw in whatever call they want and have it work, at least to a certain extent. And I think that there's some, a, a little bit of a, a uh, some tough love going on right now. Not, not the right phrase, but you know, just like, like the slow realization that we can't do what we want to do because we don't have the guys. I, I, I wish that again, that the Jetfish had, had taken that approach at the goal line because it, you know, if the game is seven, six, it could, it, you know, and, and Barrett, sure, Barrett knows it's all about momentum. I know you can yes. go back and say, well, Colorado went and scored a bunch of points in the second half. Well, maybe that doesn't happen if Arizona yeah. gets on the board there in the first half and, and gets a touchdown or even maybe kicks a field goal and gets a little bit of momentum. I don't blame him for going for it. I think the play calls suck. But, but I, I think, you know, if Jordan McLeod had started against NAU, Arizona would at least have a win. We'd at least have a little more optimism. And I think that they might have won. They would have either won today or won uh, against UCLA. So, uh, yeah, one player away. That's a big player. Um, offensive line, obviously. I mean, you don't have a quarterback. You don't have an offensive line. It's tough to win football games, you know? And I mentioned this before, and Barrett knows better than either of us would, but I think he'd agree. I think football is still a simple game. You win the battle up front, you win the turnover battle, and you win the game. Arizona's been pretty good as far as turnovers. They haven't, well, as far as not giving the ball away, except the, the, the pick six today, I know. But overall, they haven't turned the ball over a lot, but they haven't been generating them. And then, of course, they're, you know, especially on the offensive side of the ball, they're just getting destroyed. Colorado, which had five sacks coming into this game, you know, you got guys breathing down Gunnar Cruz's neck, you know, as soon as he gets the ball in his hands on the shotgun. So, uh, Shane, one thing to tack on to that, too. Yeah. Goodness gracious, there's three aspects to, to football, offense, defense, and special teams. That's our second time we've had a punt blocked. You can't do that. Yeah. You cannot give away It was still a points. game at that it point. Was. It was still a game. You, 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 you know, that's just a fundamental uh, – and that is frustrating because those momentum plays like that have a huge impact. Not getting the touchdown before the half, uh, having a punt blocked, having a pick six. We need to make those plays to get out of the losing streak. Uh, we need those momentum plays where you got 65, you know, 65 guys on the travel squad or whatever it is now that all of a sudden are believing instead of waiting for the negative play to take place. Yeah, guys, it's, I, I just I, I, I can't even, you know, I'm trying to find positives. I'm trying to find ways to hey, sugarcoat hey, this. Let me ask Barrett. Let me, I'm sorry. Okay. Let me ask yeah. Barrett. What do you, yeah. Would you go with Jamari Joyner next week based on what we know at this point? I would. It's a. It's a. It's a cheap answer on me, and it's so. There's a caveat, but I have not been to practice, yeah. and and witnessed Jamari throw the ball. I know what his reputation was at Sienega. He's a big kid. He's strong armed. Mm. Uh, I, I mean, I. I would say that I wouldn't have a problem with it at this point because, the you know what what is insanity continuing as they say to do the same thing over and over again when it's not yeah. working, and it's not personal. This is about winning football games. At this point, Cruz, 
doesn't have the accuracy and the ability to get through his reads quick enough to make the team successful. Plummer does not have the accuracy to throw the ball more than five yards downfield, and, and, and shame on me for saying that, but the, the, the proof is in the pudding. It's not there with those two guys. It's going to be an uphill battle every single time. So the, the, the caveat is that if they know that Jamari is the exact same thing when it comes to practice and that he can't hit the broad side of a barn, then there's no sense in putting him out there. If he I, I does will, offer I, something, if he does yeah. offer something, then yeah, give him a shot. I, I think the only difference, Barrett, and, and I completely agree with your, your assessment, I think the only difference is Jamari at least could run a little bit. And I think yeah. behind this offensive line, having having a, like Jordan McLeod was was kind of a, a, a great antidote for a bad offensive line. He can buy, you know, he could either run the football or he can buy some time with it with his feet. And Jamari Joyner might be able to to, to do the same. So I, I think that, you know, if the passing ability is about even. And of course, in terms of play calling, I have no idea how, how far up to speed Jamari Joyner is. I don't know if he's even you know learned the, the whole playbook or part of it at this point. But if that's all equal, I'd probably rather go with a guy who can at least run the football a little bit. Yeah. I mean, at that point, the only memory I have of Jamari was against his, you know, his freshman year, true freshman year against Utah on the road. And that was obviously, you know, that one didn't work out real well. Yeah. He's been in the program for several years. As a receiver, he knows the language, he knows the play calls, but doing it behind center uh, is obviously going to be a little bit different. But yeah. guess what? Put put Jalen John behind you, put Markov back there, run the ball, run the ball, play action, and give him two reads to get through. And if it's not there, you run. And he's certainly athletic enough. He's certainly strong-armed enough. So th- there are potentials there. And I mean, what else are you going to do? Ride it out and just keep losing? So Well, and, and, you know, and that's it. And that's it, Barrett. Here's the thing as well. I mean, you just got shut out by by the second worst team in the Pac-12. You lost thirty-four nothing, and albeit let's regardless of any way you want to shake it. I mean, it was a twenty to nothing minus uh, a pick six and a block punt. Uh, you could not have done worse on offense. Uh, and they had one quality opportunity to score. I'm not counting the end of the game, uh, and they got stopped four times from inside the three yard line. I, I think at this point, Jed has to just say, you know what, Plummer's not the guy. Cruz isn't the guy. We got to do something differently. And you know, if if he doesn't then there's no reason that fans should continue to want to show up and watch this this team play. I mean, I, I brought it up on Twitter, and I, I think it's a legitimate question. On Friday night, with a, a full slate of high school football in the Tucson area. Oh, that's right. It's a Friday game, too. Yeah. It's a, it's yeah. a Friday game against Washington. I, I think mm-hmm. it will be the lowest attended uh, game in the history of uh, – in modern history of Arizona football. You're telling me that 10,000 people are going to want to show up for that game? I mean, I'll go because I'm sick in the head. <laughs> but I mean, seriously, you're a great I, Eric Siri in all seriousness. You're a great fan and you're better than I am really. I, well, I, I, I mean, I'll be here. I'll be at home for, for some reason. I'm going to, I'm going to drive down and it's going to be a four hour round trip to go to this game because the reason I go to these games is because you never know what you're going to see on any given Saturday. Yeah. Who would have thought as a Purdue fan going into Iowa that you would dominate the number two team yeah. in the country. That's what college football is all about. The unpredictability. So we don't know that, you know, hey, maybe Arizona can uh, can surprise people on Friday night. Hey, if they can they make the game interesting against a Washington team that doesn't have much of an offense? But I don't think most people will view it that way. And Barrett, at least, I mean, I, if you were a fan, I mean, what, what's your selling point to the fans to come out to right. Friday's game for, at yeah. Arizona Stadium? We talked about that with Shane. You know, the, the fact that the, that, that the losses hurt is still a good thing because that means that we care. And for whatever reason, we are those gluttons that – I want to be there when the streak is broken. 
and coach told me, you know, I, I, I always go back to him because he had such a huge uh, impact on, on me and the team and all of the kids that played underneath him. Well, it was simple, guys. The best team doesn't always win. The team that plays the best wins, right? The best team doesn't always win. The team that plays the best wins. All we have to do is for 60 minutes is play better than Washington. They're not invincible. They're certainly not the Washington that we've seen over the last 10 years. But to your point, the team that showed up today and against NAU with those, with with the lack of hope at the quarterback position, it's tough. Now, I don't expect Coach Fish to announce to Washington that we've made a quarterback change. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I certainly, and again, the X factor today is Cruz hurt. I mean, he when he scrambled yeah. for that big run, he obviously hurt his thumb. As a quarterback, if you have a bad hand, a la Russell Wilson, you're not going to be effective. So now it really boils down to, again, and he already said he doesn't want to go back and forth between quarterbacks. But does Jamari Joyner, can he do something that can give a shot in the arm to the team that they that you saw what that did with having McLeod back there? Yeah. The team was different. The offensive mm -hmm. line was different. Everything was invigorated. And when Cruz came back in, uh, that game against UCLA, you could you could see their – Bomb, bomb, bomb. Yep. Yeah. And I just feel yeah, I mean, bad because we're not we're not mad at them personally, right? No. We're not mad at, at Gunner Cruz or Plummer no. personally, but this game is about twenty-two guys on that start and the other eighty guys that are that are working hard to get that win. And when there's one glaring position that's holding you back, it's just as a fan and, and as a player, it's like, come on, we just need more out of that spot. Yeah, I and and I think I think I mean you're you're spot on with that. it's just you know, I, I hope I hope Jed does something differently because the excuses at some point with a fan base, you, you have to stop the excuses. You know, you can't play this whole, you know, if you show up, we'll play better attitude that, that Jed was playing. It was saying in the preseason, Shane, I mean, we were skeptical of that logic to begin with, you know, if oh, you, show I, up, I, you know what? I, I think he's absolutely right in the sense that if I think if Arizona had a full house against NU, they probably would have found a way to win. It, just the atmosphere in the building would have been different, but I also don't fault fans for, for the for losing to not just a bad F, F not just an FCS team but a bad FCS team so yeah so I, I get the logic there Here, here's how here's how dumb I am guys I still feel like there's a win in there somewhere I still feel like Arizona's not going to go 0 and 12 even though I know that they probably will I've just seen so many I've seen so many not, not teams this bad but I've seen so many bad teams that find a way to get an upset win in there somewhere. I remember after McAvick got fired and they went and they, they beat Washington at home and the fans rushed the field. And I'm not saying they're going to be Washington at home next week or whatever, because I thought, well, maybe they, they're going to be Colorado because they beat Colorado two years ago. That logic obviously doesn't work. But I still just feel that somehow, some way, they're going to get a win at some point. And I wish I didn't feel that way because it defies the pessimist in me to think that. I, I've just, it's more like, We've seen it before. We've seen that, you know, whether it's ASU, I don't think it'll be ASU this year, but whether it's ASU or another upset along the way, Arizona usually gets at least one in there somewhere. Oh, Shane, so, come on. Where, I mean, don't right tell now. me to be more pessimistic, Eric. I don't need you to do that. I am Washington I, State, Washington State. You think uh, but there, we never play well up there. It doesn't no, matter we if don't. we have a good team, yeah. we don't play well up. Yeah. And, and Pullman, it's a Friday night game. So, I mean, I think you're, you're the game that they were circling two games on the calendar the rest of the way. And that's Cal on homecoming because Cal's one and four, one and five, something like that. They're not very good. And then even though they played Oregon tight last night, Oregon, what's up with them, man? They're not that good. I yeah. mean, they, they they peaked against Ohio State. 
And then uh, ASU, you just know, you throw out the records in the rivalry game. If ASU season, you know, let's say they lose to to Utah and they don't have a chance to win the Pac-12 South and, you know, things start to go spiral downwards and maybe Arizona develops a a game, a passing game by then. I I don't know. I'm trying to be optimistic. Outside of that, I just, I I can't see two wins or I, I can't see another, another game where we could win the rest of the way. And that's, and that's sad. And Jed's going to have a lot of explaining to do this offseason, guys. I mean, this one st- for me, yeah. th- I mean, you take a look at Cal and, and, and Chase Garbers. Mm-hmm. That, there's a, to me, it's almost an equivalency between Arizona and Cal. That, he's not the guy, right? He, he, he's a quarterback for Cal that, to me, it seems like holds that team back. They've got a good defense. They've got all these things. But the one position behind center, you know, they, they're just not getting the production out of that position. Uh, and so, as we know, in all of football, whether it's college football or the professional ranks, the team goes as the quarterback goes. And mm-hmm. so, to, I mean, you, you hit on it, but we've got to come up with a game plan that is, is either the greatest thing in the world or we've just got to have somebody that starts making plays. And when we've got receivers running down the field and they're open, you've got to get it to them and you got to get it to them in the right spot. They had one play in the second quarter, I believe, uh, it, when it was still three to nothing, Colorado did today, and we're in man to man, and Hodges goes in there at linebacker, and they want a real. They run the wheel route with the running back uh, to the right side, and then up the sideline. Remember, and he was behind everybody. Mm-hmm. To me, it looked like man to man. Hodges, for whatever reason, lost him, and then tried to rush the quarterback because he was in no man's land. You know, those are the. Unfortunately, the defense has to play perfectly right now. And that, that ended up giving up three points. We can't do stuff like that in order to win, but it just puts so much pressure on the defense to play perfect and then some. And when you look, you know, uh, Trayshawn Hayward didn't even play today, right? So I think it was a Jerry Roberts, number 48, that took over in the middle uh, as the middle linebacker. I thought he played really well for his first real action of the season. So defensively, we're there. We're playing good enough to win. Just got to get the other half of the, uh, the team doing something. What do you think special teams? I know that's your uh, area of expertise. Now, we didn't see anything. Obviously, no field goals were attempted today. Uh, punting unit. I mean, Osendorp has been pretty good. Minus He's that, been their best player all season. Minus that block punt today, but that I don't well, know if that's fault. really his fault. But uh, special teams-wise this season, your thoughts, Barrett? Uh, almost just a non-factor, and I hate to see it, but I think that the game has changed a lot, unfortunately. You know, with the kickoffs, it, it's rendered those almost useless when it comes to everything, it's a touchback. So that part is gone. Uh, Cunningham, you know, he has wheels. We don't really see him do anything on kickoff returns. Uh, Stanley's obviously fantastic, but just everything is fair catching. And, and they're just almost non-impact besides the fact that we've had two punts blocked against us now. And the momentum of those is you can't have it. Breaking some breaking news here, guys, uh, from our guy Matt Moreno just tweeted uh, on Chet Fish's postgame radio show. Said, looks like Gunnar Cruz is out for the rest of the year. Whoa. So, likely loss for the rest of the year. That's from my gonna, guy Matt Moreno. Matt Moreno, yeah, go easy, catch. Yeah, and I'm going to assume that's probably a broken thumb. Uh, that is, I'm going to guess that uh, that he hurt his thumb. I know he was pulling at it even beforehand. Yeah. But did, did he, was that before yeah. the interception? Was that before the pick six? I think, was it on the same drive that that had happened? I think so, because yeah. he just was, I mean, he was off. So, all right, so now you're down. All right, so he, this brings up a really interesting question. So now you're down your top two quarterbacks, Cruz mm-hmm. and, and, and McLeod. McLeod. So Plummer's the guy, but 
at this point, you, you Ashworth is your backup, and he's not uh, Division One caliber. What about uh, hey, hey, what about uh, Justin Harper's boyfriend? Isn't he uh, on the team now? Nick, uh, Moore? Nick Moore. I don't yeah. know. I haven't heard anything. He's about not. Him. A, yeah, he's he not on the roster now. He was. He was there during the fall. Okay. Uh, or the spring, but he wasn't on the fall roster. I okay. think there's a gotcha. another walk-on kid to all kids. Zendayo starts with a Z, but it, it's got to be Jamar Joyner at that point, uh, right? I mean, Ash, yeah. Ashworth is the backup. And yep, I think so. And I, and so. I mean, it's it, you know, this is not an unprecedented situation in college football. Maryland had an issue the other year where I think they lost like five quarterbacks. Um, and they were on, you know, they were down to guys that, you know, was it the I, Broncos I, last year that yeah. did they started quarterback? Kendall Hinton, who was a yeah. wide receiver right. and, um, the, yeah, because of the COVID situation, right, they were without right. their like top three quarterback. So, I mean, if this happens, but you have a guy in Jamari Joyner who was recruited to Arizona as a quarterback, who was a, I believe a high three-star, low four-star recruit. This is a no brainer. Jamari's taking snaps in practice. He's taken half the snaps in practice or more. You have to do it. At this point, Jed, you have to win a football game this year. You cannot go 0-12 in your first year. There's just no – you cannot rally the fan base at all. If you win a game, we can say, hey, you know what? There's progress. We turned it around in the second half of the year. We were more competitive. You know, just give us a chance with with healthier players, et cetera. You can't, you can't go 0-12. Yeah, you have to find a way. I, I will. I will say this. I will say this. That, that and I know Washington and Arizona are two different football programs. But Washington went zero and eleven or zero and twelve. I think it's back in two thousand eight. And two years later, they won six games. So that's not impossible. I mean, you're, they're going to have an apathetic fan base whether they go zero and twelve or one and eleven. Unless that win is against ASU, then you can market that all season like they did in twenty sixteen. Yep. yep. Uh, but the you know, fan turnout's not going to be good next year. You know, the, you know, Jed Fish can hype the team all he wants and and talk about you know look at the guys we got coming in, but. The, the only way they're going to get people to come out is if they win yeah. and the winning where's, has to come. Where's first. the hope, right? Where's the hope? Yeah. Yeah. You, you have, well, to we have saw hope. some last week and then that just got yes. squashed it by, you know, that, that injury it's, it's, yeah. you know, just it like really that, did. It took the wind out of the sails. I think almost, yeah. and I hate to say that, but I think the fan base at that point probably was to re resign to the fact that that was a, a huge season changer because even with the five turnovers, turnovers against Oregon, you still saw something with that offense with McLeod under center uh, then they were, you know, right in that game last week before that happened. So, uh, you know, for the the real hardcore folks, you look at the recruits and what's out there, and and you know, Fafita, the kid from from California. But the the reality of it is, the true freshman quarterbacks don't come in and make a huge impact, generally speaking, yeah. right? I mean, that is a huge ask. So McLeod's got to get uh, healthy, but to, I mean, there's still six games on the schedule or five, whatever it is. And and we got to come up with something that that I think today we, we lost two more uh, right. Donovan was already out at right guard, oh, and then at one yeah. point in time, Donovan uh, Lai got hurt. Mm -hmm. So we had Stefanski in at right guard, and Baker, great job, uh, it was in at left guard. So now we're talking about having to run the ball effectively, and now we've got yeah. two of our five offensive linemen out. So and we're already the, the worst rushing well, team in the Pac-12 in terms of yards right. per game. So you can see how it just compounds. It just I believe I believe Donovan Lai came back. He did. did he come back? Yeah. Okay, he yeah. came back in the game. Yep. Um, hey, by, the, by the way, Eric, uh, our guy uh, Ricky Elmore says hi. Uh, you know, I, always good to see our buddy Rick tune in. Uh, I wish we had uh, players on the defensive line who played with his aggressiveness, uh, you know, because that was a, a fun Arizona defensive line to watch about 10 years ago. Um, we can right now we're just, you know, going on memories here. Yeah. Uh, and dare I say, yeah, sorry, guys, but that, that that's no. probably the one thing for me that has been, I want to say, disappointing. 
uh, and it, it doesn't have anything to do with Don Brown, but we're just not getting to the quarterback. We, we, we can send four, we can send five, we can send six, uh, but we are not touching the quarterback enough. We're not moving that quarterback and rattling him. And we need, you know, Diallo has been fantastic, but he was just here and he's going to be gone. Uh, you got number, you know, Mason, but man, we, we need more out of Harris, and I just don't know if that's ever going to get there. It's sometimes he's off the field on third down, and he's supposed to be your pass rush specialist that was supposed to get 10 sacks with Coach Brown. Did, so, it did flush Brendan Lewis out of the pocket a few times in the first half. I'll give him credit. Yeah, okay, I thought the defense, played fine. the defense played fine in the first half, yeah, guys. Yeah. It was 6 nothing at halftime. I mean, Arizona yeah. should have been ahead 7-6 at half. You know, Absolutely. I, I, I am not going to blame Coach Brown for no. what I saw defensively at all uh, in the first half. But in the second half, I mean, they just... Well, I, yeah, I they think... Just, they're going to wear down. You know, you're going to wear well, down yeah. if you don't have... Well, the, I mean, the, the defense finally gets back on the field. And it's, they did their job, and it's 20 nothing. It's like... <laughs> I, yeah. I, I sympathize with them, because at one point in the game, both the offense, Arizona's offense and special teams had given up more points than defense did. Yeah. You know, it, you, it, 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 go ahead, Shane. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're good. In, in a way, I, and I hate to say this, is it almost putting... You know, and I wish Gunnar Cruz, you know, perfect health. But in a way, is it almost not, you know, like, okay, good. At least, you know, Gunner can hopefully rebuild his confidence in the offseason. I don't know if he'll be on Arizona's roster next year. But in a way, at least we don't have to worry about that dilemma a- anymore. I know it's Will Plummer's next up and everything like that. But I-, I guess in a way, I'm kind of relieved for Gunner Cruz, even though he's hurt. Because the fan base wasn't rallying around him. His teammates weren't rallying around him. Uh, feel bad for his family in the front row there or whoever they were sitting, you know, having to watch that first half and their guy gets hurt, you know, it's, it's tough. Uh, But do you see what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to say anything negative about, about Gunnar Cruz. I'm just saying, you know, it's in a way there's kind of a relief. I'd like to see Will Plummer play better, but Shane, you and I agree. I don't think he is a division one caliber starting quarterback. It's a real shame what happened with Gunnar too, Barrick, because he looks pretty sharp against BYU. He looked like he could be the guy the rest of the season. And, you know, I don't know exactly what happened in between his ears before or during the San Diego State game, but he just has not been the same guy. You know, no. and, and he looked he looked good, especially toward the beginning of the game against BYU. And then the Cougars realized they could blitz him and rattle him, and that was pretty much it. But it's just unfortunate because how, how often do you see – I mean, usually you see a guy improve. How often do you see a guy have that kind of game against BYU like he did where he was pretty impressive, aside from holding the ball for too long at time, from time to time? Going from that to just not being able to hit the broad side of the barn, I, like I said during our podcast, it's like you know I, I call him Gunner and Keel. It just seems like it's a completely a complete mental thing with him. Yeah, and that's too bad. It's too bad. But uh, all right, so thirty-four nothing against Colorado. I mean, we we keep saying, well, we've hit the low point. You know, NAU was the low point, and then we played well against Oregon, and then you know UCLA. We played well for three quarters, and then things went wrong in the fourth quarter when when McLeod went out, and then this this game was a complete disaster in the second half. Got out, scored 28 zip. All right, uh, Barrett, let's turn the page. Uh, let's look at Washington next week. This is, uh, you know, they play UCLA tonight. This is not a good offensive football team. They've already lost to an FCS Big Sky team like Arizona did. They're, they're on paper, one of the best defenses in the Pac-12. Uh, tell me how Arizona can win this game on Friday and what miraculously needs to happen between now and then. Uh, there are plays out there to be made for us. I, I, and I, when you actually go back and watch the film – there are open receivers downfield. There are runs that are, you know, with, with John, I think Drake Anderson's a good running back. I think Wiley's good. The, the running game has showed glimpses of being very, very productive. So you've got to make the plays when they're there, though. When the guy's behind everybody, 
uh, five yards behind everybody to, on multiple occasions that day. Those have to be touchdowns every single time. you got to draw pass interference, whatever it may be, but you can't leave seven points out there because you couldn't get the quarterback to, to complete a pass downfield. So those have to happen. And then to your like what we talked about, instead of being on the receiving end of blocking, of getting two punts blocked over the last two weeks, we've got to flip that, and we've got to start generating some crazy plays. We need to get a pick six on defense. The defense has been playing great, no doubt about it, but we need to generate – some of those bang momentum plays, uh, turnovers, and th we're going to have to beg, we're going to have to scratch our way to those victories because it's not going to be beating the other team physically for 60 minutes. It's beating them for 32 minutes and making a couple big plays. That's how we're going to be able to win a game. Shane, um, give us, uh, as Barrett just did, some reasons yeah. for optimism on, uh, on Friday night. Give, <laughs> us, give, give me something. Well, I, I think this team and Barrett again can speak to this better than we ever could. I, I think they're going to have to remember how not to lose because I, I know when they got down to the one yard line, when, when James John was down to the one, I really, gosh, I really hope he scored because my first thought was, how are they going to find a way to not? What, score? Was he was he short, Shane? I he didn't was. see the he was. Okay. Yeah, it was they were right and before the ball came out. I, I wish I wish he he the ball had come out before he went down because then Arizona recovered it would have been a touchdown. Right. But anyway. I'm wondering, I bring that up because I'm wondering if, the, if it's that sort of mentality has seeped into the players' heads. Like, how are we going to find a way to screw this up? How are we going to find a way to not score? How are we going to find a way to not win this game? And I think a lot of that, because Arizona, especially in terms of the, the skill positions, the so-called skill positions, running back and wide receiver, Arizona still has plenty of talent. I think they're middle of the, of the road in the Pac-12. But I think they've got to get out of their own way. I think there there is this mental block, especially from the guys who were here last year, or the year before that, and have been part of so many of like of all of these losses of or most of them. They have to get out of their own way. Like, how are we going to find a way? And I also feel like it seems like bad teams have bad luck too. A lot of bad luck. Just certain places don't bounce their way. And I think when that happens, and it. When the bad, when something like that happens, when you get some bad, like a bad bounce on a play, you start thinking, "Here we go again." And I, I feel like if Arizona's going to win a game, they're going to need some good luck. They're going to need like, um, like a, a ball to bounce off uh, next week, a, a ball to bounce off a Washington receiver's foot and land in the hands of, of a DB. They you love, know? they love Dean. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're going to need something like that to happen to generate momentum, where if, where it starts to feel like, okay, maybe this is our day, and then maybe you get that snowball rolling, and they find a way to win. So I, I think, you know, I leave the, the the specifics to Barrett. I just think, you know, in terms of, you know, not like our, our friend Craig Fui at ABC 15 says, ninety percent of the game is played between your ears, and I think that might be the Arizona's biggest problem right now. And I think, you know, you get up, you get ahead early, you know, get a couple plays to go your way. And and get the crowd into it for whatever it's going to be on Friday, and maybe uh, or whatever th their next win is, and maybe they'll find a way to get a win before the end of the season. Other than that, I, th I think they're going to need some luck. They're going to need their opponent to shoot itself in the foot at least once or twice during a game for them to get a win this season. And and, and let me say one last thing. You know, I have been very negative, obviously, and it's hard not to be watching this team. But as I also mentioned, the reason that we all love college football like we do is because it is so unpredictable. You can have that Purdue-Iowa moment as we saw today. And I think one win uh, this season would do so much for the program going into the offseason. The way you can spin things going into the offseason. Hey, we had a rough start to the Jed Fish era, but we turned it around. We found some things that worked in the second half, and we're going to come out next season guns a-blazing. And I'm not saying that everybody's going to buy tickets like I will, but I'll tell you what, it's, it's going to be a lot easier to sell 1-11 than 0-12. And I really 
believe that. And some people may think I'm crazy with that thought. I really believe that there is a significant difference with one victory versus zero in terms of marketing this program going forward. I, the one thing I would just chime in with and say this, I, I actually talked to Coach Fish this week, uh, and, and you know, you have to sell the optimism. I have no doubt about that. But I think when we actually watch the Cats play, they still are playing with emotion. They are still attacking on defense. Uh, offensively, they're still attempting to do things. I don't think the team has quit. And I think that that is important, and that's a tribute, actually, to the coaching staff to say, keep coming. Keep coming. Keep working. Uh, those breaks will take place eventually. And when it is, it's, it's obviously going to be just a, a huge load off of the shoulders, a huge monkey off the back. Uh, so I am proud to say that I think when you look at the team, even though this one got out of hand in the second half, uh, the team is playing hard. And that is far better than what we saw on the last game of last season when anyone that watched that just knew that that game, the, the, the team was dead emotionally. So at, at least, at least important. half, at least half the roster hasn't gone to, to the school president and say, we want our coach gone. You know, right. yes. it always, I worse. think they like, I think they legitimately like coach fish. I think I they too. enjoy playing for him. Uh, you know, and, and when you're at the bottom of the barrel, it's hard to keep coming uh, and having quote unquote fun. You, you know, you play the game to win. And so to have a hundred guys on the team still saying, keep the belief. And here we are six games into the season. We don't have that win yet but they're still playing hard and they're still chasing that. And I think that is a credit at least to the coaching staff that, that they're keeping them uh, mentally on board. And you know what, before, Barrett, that does echo what Drake Anderson told me a couple of weeks ago. And this is before their last two losses and before they lost Jordan McLeod and Gunnar Cruz. But he said, we think we're close. We think, you know, a couple yeah. of plays here, a couple of things, adjustments here, and we can win. I don't know if that's true, but I did like hearing that there is still optimism uh, you know, in the locker room, in the weight room, in practice on the field. Hopefully that's still there after this game. You know, it's gonna, it gets tougher and tougher, I'm sure, each week. But as long as that belief is in there, that buy-in is still there, then there is at least a chance to at least show one win and get some momentum going before next season. Well, Shane, I mean, look at it this way. If it was 7-6 at halftime, it's a completely different ballgame than 6 nothing. Absolutely. One year Not just because uh, of the score, but because of the momentum as well. Right. I just want to, uh, before we go here, I, I, a couple more things. But first of all, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Backcourt Marketing. Uh, we always appreciate the, their support for Wildcat Country on the weekly podcast that we do. Uh, check them out at backcourtmarketing.com. And if you know a business that needs some social media help, as we probably all do, uh, email them at team at backcourtmarketing.com. You'll get a referral fee if, uh, if you can help them land some new clients. Check them out, backcourtmarketing.com, or call them at 480-744-6173. All right, Barrett, I'm going to ask you to do something different, not talking about this year's team. Give us an uplifting story from your playing days. Tell us, you know, a time when, you know, maybe a team that you were playing on uh, at Arizona was not going in the right direction, and what kind of changed that mood to get you guys back on the right track. Uh, we hadn't talked about that question or anything beforehand, but I got to tell you, I got the greatest <laughs> answer in the world for you. Excellent. Because in 1997, uh, we were struggling uh, about 500. I think maybe we were three and four or three and five, actually three and four. Uh, and we went up to Pullman, Washington with uh, their uh, Ryan leaf led uh, mm -hmm. championship team. And we punched them in the mouth for 60 minutes and then some, and we went into double overtime and OJ in double overtime, we went for the two-point conversion instead of the PAT. OJ uh, sprinted out to the right. He had Brandon Manamaluna wide open in the end of the, in the back of the end zone. And he didn't see him. Tried to get in it, and uh, we lost by one point. But 
we gave them everything that we had and more. And we knew at that point in time when we walked, went back into the locker room that, that something changed for us. And we ended up winning out. Uh, we knocked ASU out of the Fiesta Bowl. If you remember that crazy play mm-hmm. when Brad Brandon to Keith or Keith Smith to Brad Brandon when they thought the play was dead. Yep. Uh, beat them. Uh, then we beat New Mexico on the inside.com bowl. And that paved the way for that the 12-1 the and one season. But I'm telling you that, that earlier in the season, we lost at Ohio State. We lost at UCLA. We, we lost our opening game uh, against Oregon. You know, we weren't playing well. But that, that galvanized the team because we knew that it, it didn't matter who the other uh, 11 guys were or the other 100 guys on the other team. It really was our locker room and what we were doing. And it changed everything. So... Just like you said, that ended up being a loss, but it was a win for what it did to the team and the belief and understanding that if we do our assignments and you trust the guy next to you that he's going to do his assignment, we got 22 guys doing their assignments, blah, blah, and, and everybody else on the team, uh, it just changes things. And, and that's what can happen for this team. It's just one time that we got to play better than the other team. And, and Barrett, by the way, since we've had you on last, um, we have found a, for, a few former U of A players that are working their way to become firefighters. That's right. And uh, so we might have to uh, refer them your way. Keola Antolin, who played in the uh, mid-2000s, uh, who was a running back. And, of course, the great Scooby Wright, who we talked to a couple weeks ago, yeah. training to become a firefighter. So we always uh, reference you and say, hey, we know a captain in the Tucson Fire Department. We thank you for what you do, obviously. I've, and, uh, I've talked to Keola several times. And, uh, we're oh, great. We're going to test again in, in, in January, and we can hope he can come down and be part of our organization. No great, That's great, fantastic. Great, yeah. Great, great young man, and and looking forward to him having that opportunity. Look Networking that, through Wildcat country, I love it. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And hopefully, Scooby, once he gets uh, yeah. once he gets going, I don't know if he wants to move back to Arizona because he's up in Northern California. But uh, really cool to hear that about Keola. He was a great interview. We really enjoyed it. And uh, yep. you know, thank you for what you do. But uh, thanks for joining us today. And you know, thank before you, we go, we really I want- do appreciate it. Yeah, uh, we'll, uh, we'll keep the belief, guys. I appreciate yeah. being able to talk with uh, Arizona football. You guys are fantastic. You uh, bring a lot to the program, and and. You know, we'll, it, it'll change. It'll change, but we won't stay down. That's for sure. And, and we'll do our best to stay positive. I know I know it's rough times right now. I also want to give a belated happy birthday to my good friend Shane Dale, whose birthday it was the other day. I'll and tell I you what. Not, I, uh-huh. I tell you what, my, my, uh, my birthday socks, I already I took them off. They didn't work. Yeah. I got another yeah. pair we'll, we'll put on uh, We'll put on Friday for Washington. I got three more pairs, three more opportunities this year. So we'll keep Shane, okay. it's right there. Bear down for life. That's, there you that's go. What, that's what this boils down to, guys. Yes, sir. So happy bladed birthday, Shane. I, I hope you had a good Appreciate one. Sorry it. I didn't reference it on this week's podcast. Barrett, thank you so much for joining us. Um, Shane will be back at it uh, early this week and uh, record another podcast. But this is a lot of fun. I'm glad to be able to participate. And really great to have Barrett Baker on with us. And guys, we'll, uh, we'll do this again soon. Thanks again for uh, watching uh, the Wildcat Country postgame stream presented by Backcourt Marketing.